Good morning. You notice that uh, there's a different person playing the piano this morning. The pastor had to be gone today. So uh, we will continue on and do what the Lord would have us to do. And Brother Art will be bringing our message here in a little bit. But right now, let's go to the Lord and sing, He Set Me Free. Please stand.
like to make sure that we bring our offering to the Lord. And so therefore, this morning, if you have your offering and like to bring it, you can play the music. And before that, thank you. <laughs> uh, before that, let's have a prayer for the offering. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you. Lord, I pray that you will bless those that have to give and those that do not. Pray that you will continue to abide with us and help us and use these offerings, Lord, for thy glory. Use us for thy service. For we ask this in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. After you've given your offering, take a couple minutes and recognize everybody that's around you and say hello and uh, we'll do our meet and greet. Okay, you may be seated. Many churches this morning will be celebrating Veterans Day observance in their services. This year, we'd like to take a few minutes to do just that. Uh, not only is this young man looking great in uniform back here, but you can see the board in front of us of some of the members of the church and their family who have served, uh, I think we've had just about every service covered, and uh, I'd like to thank you for that. But right now, I'd like you to pay attention to the screens for a short video.
This week we celebrated Veterans Day, a day when we recognized and gave thanks for the service and sacrifice of the men and women who served in the armed forces. These men and women and their families endure hardship, separation, sometimes loss for the sake of keeping peace and fighting for justice around the world. Servicemen and women work hard to assist as well as build up communities and suffering populations around the world. Though we wish it were not always necessary, they take up arms to protect and defend their country. We honor their commitment to duty and willingness to sacrifice for themselves, but let us also remember that these brave men and women are only human. In Psalms 127.1, it says, Unless the Lord build the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guards keep watch in vain. Even the strongest and bravest of human heroes stand in need of God's grace and the wisdom and guidance we seek in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, there's always been wars, and because there have always been problems between people, as long as there has been history, battle lines have been drawn and people have fought with one another. We wish it were not so. And that we humans had the kind of love and insight that would prevent such acts. However, as it is so, and that kind of love and insight is often lacking, we offer our prayers for all those who have volunteered or been conscripted to fight for their country's wars. We thank you for their courage and often their heroism as they have faced the enemy in battle. We praise their selfless acts on behalf of fellow soldiers. We extol their wisdom gathered from the battlefield and commend their eternal souls to your loving and forgiving care. We remember especially all who presently serve in the armed forces of this and other countries and pray for their continued safety and welfare. As they encounter danger, give them the insight to understand life and death and enable them to be at peace with you and with themselves. Bless the families of all who serve in the armed forces and let your Holy Spirit rest upon them like a mantle, preserve them from anxiety and harm. Grant to each and every one of us a reminder of the way life itself is a struggle between good and evil and prepare us to defend the good and not succumb to the evil we encounter. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, we're going to have a video that plays honoring each branch of service. We ask that when your branch of service anthem is played, that you please stand and remain standing throughout the entire video so that we can honor all of those who have served in the various branches of service. We ask that you point your attention to the screens again as the video plays. United States Army.
United States Navy. Coast Guard. United States Air Force. United States Marine Corps. Thank you for your service. You may be seated. Can't have lived it without being touched by that. This time we're going to go in with scripture and prayer, and then Sister Lila will sing after that. Psalms. Well, hold on a minute. That's all right. I got it. A prayer for guidance and protection. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yet let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed 
which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I want wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. We have several that are ill. I know that uh, Sister Jennifer's dad is in the hospital. And we have our minister who is traveling today. Our shepherd is on the road with his wife. Be with them. Uh, several people that are out because of sickness. Some people work, believe it or not. Matter of fact, I was going to read a scripture on jobs today, but I changed my mind. The Lord led me last night to read that instead. Um, but pray for them. Uh, the lesson this morning says we have a mediator in heaven. That mediator is Christ, our Savior. If you believe in him and believe the words of God who does not lie, then you know that he hears us and acts on our prayers. We just have to trust in him. And as long as we're trusting in him and doing our part, uh, he'll hear and answer. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you again, Lord, and praise and worship of thee. Lord, as we come before you this morning, I ask that you will continue to abide with each of these that are here. We thank you for the service of those who selflessly gave themselves to this country, Lord, and served in the services. Lord, I pray that you will continue to abide with them and their families and lift them up. For those that couldn't come today because they are, gave the ultimate sacrifice, we pray that you will continue to be with their families, Lord, and bless them and keep them. Lord, I pray that you will be with those in our hospital today, those that are sick, those that are out because of sickness, those that are traveling, Lord. pray you will give them traveling mercies. Be with our pastor as he travels and bring him back to us tonight. Lord, I also pray that you will be with those that are having to work today. pray that you will lift them up and strengthen them and let the work not be heavy on their heart, but let you rest in their heart. pray that you will continue to abide with us and help us through the remainder of this service. For we ask in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. You know, wonder how many mountains that our military climbed in their actual duties. I mean, we have battles that we face all the time. We got mountains we got to climb. Y'all pray for me. strength to strength we sometimes go and again we're sinking low in the shadow of a mountain high above our heads we need not fear oh what lies ahead for the word has clearly said that our faith would be sufficient to make that mountain disappear. 
Everybody stand, please. Come before. 
You may be seated. It's my honor at this time to turn the podium over to Brother Arm, Ard, the former pastor of this house and shepherd of this flock, a man that we all love and respect. sure you miss your pastor this morning, but we'll try to uh, 
do the best we can. If you have your Bible and like to this morning, you can turn to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. you stand please for the reading of the word but God forbid that I should glory saving in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world I'd like for us to go to prayer and ask the Lord to help us and bless us and touch our lives. Go and ask Brother Barnes, if he would, to take us to the Lord in prayer. Pray with us, brother. seated. We'd like to talk about the cross of Christ this morning. Cross is a symbol of shame. We find that it, the word cross means torment. The Lord was tormented. He was shamefully mistreated and put to death. To the Christians, it's become an emblem of Christianity. It, but it's, the cross means much more than an emblem that we wear around our neck or hang on the wall of the home or the church or on a tombstone. The real meaning of the cross is suffering, torment, being inhumanly treated and reproached. Cross has a lot of different meanings to a lot of different people. The cross to the Father, it stands out. It's a mercy seat where God can meet with man and have fellowship with him through the sacrifice of the Holy Son of God. To Christ, it stands as a sacrifice that he made himself an offering for sin that you and I 
might be able to go free and be free. And the Bible tells us, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and give him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess him as Lord and Master. So today we're here trying to bring our mind to a place where that we recognize what it costs for us to be saved from our sins, washed by the blood of the Lamb of God. First thing we would like to consider this morning is the cruelness of the cross. It was the most brutal act of punishment for crime that could ever be put upon man. The Bible teaches us in history it was primarily reserved for the Romans, for their slaves. They tell us that the, line, the roads would be lined up with slaves that had been crucified and hung on a cross. The New Testament says, Every man that hangs on a tree is a curse. He was cursed for us. He was rejected and, and by man in every form that nearly you could think about. The, the Bible teaches us that the crucifixion of Christ was the most shameful, despicable act that has ever been committed in the world against a human being because as we look at it, we find where that he, the Bible teaches us that he, was, he faced things that no one else ever faced and come out victorious over them with no animosity, no hate in his heart, praying even that God would forgive them that crucified him and hung him on a tree. And yet, today, men and women make fun of sometimes, or some people, because of some people that lift up the name of the Lord and highly esteem Him because of His act that He did willingly and voluntarily for the name for God to have His people for Him in heaven when this world has come to a close and a cease, or when we press the dying pillar and go out of this world, the Bible teaches us that He was crucified. Christ was crucified for me and you. He was betrayed by one of His own. He was illegally tried. He was falsely accused, shamelessly entreated, and He was put to death by his enemy and by the people that were supposed to be lifting him up and looking for him to come as the Messiah, to take away the priesthood, as the brother talked about and done a good job this morning. The Bible teaches us he was betrayed by one of his own. 
He was falsely accused in Matthew. He was then legally tried and sentenced in John and Luke. He was, Pilate's testimony should have convinced them that he was innocent. But it failed to persuade those that was against him and what he had come and what he stood for. They would not let him go free. Pilate's wife testified that he should have had no, have nothing to do with this innocent man because she had suffered many things in a dream that night about this man of we find that Judas testified, and I have portrayed innocent blood. The disciples forsook him and fled in Matthew, his enemy. He was despised and rejected of men. Isaiah says, they plucked out his beard. They spit in his face. They smoked him. They mocked him. They stripped him. They scourged him. They put a crown of thorns on his head, and they crucified him. What a Savior. What a Lord. What a Master. One that was guiltless become guilty. We find that when you think about it, the Bible talks about the fury and the scourging of men and that turned against him. He was smitten and bruised by his heavenly father. His heavenly father had to turn his back on him because he could not look on him while he was bearing the sins for you and me that we might be pardoned for our sins and our transgressions. Every man and every woman that's ever been born in the world needs a Savior. And the Lord provided that sacrifice willingly. He was not forced to come God so loved His Son, and He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. God loves you and me. He loves mankind. No matter how rotten and mean and ugly we have lived in our lives, He wants us to be with Him in heaven. So He sent His only begotten Son into the world for me and you that we might go free. His death was not only a manifestation of God's love, but it was also a manifestation of God's divine judgment that will fall on every man and every woman that will not accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God and announce Him to be the Lord and Master of their lives. They're going to have to depart from God and go into a tormented place called hell and live there forever. The Bible teaches us Christ become an offering for man. He was, it was not easy for him in life to endure the things that he endured for me and you. He was tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Without any food. Hallelujah. But God took care of him. The devil come down and tried to tempt him. Hallelujah. To cause, to cause the rocks uh, to be turned. But God Almighty stood with him and he stood for God and he rebuked the devil and beat the devil because he was the only hope 
for man. And God knew that His Son was the only one that would ever be able to withstand all the trials and tests that the devil could throw across his path. You ought to say, praise God, I've been washed in the blood of the crucified Son of God, and I've been made whole by Him. The Bible says He appointed. He was appointed to put away sin by one sacrifice. The sacrifice of himself. You see, the priest had to go in and offer sacrifices, a blood sacrifice. That's why Cain's offering was not accepted to God. I heard a preacher say that Cain probably brought the sorriest fruit that he had in the field for a sacrifice. I don't believe that. I believe he brought the very best that he could find in the field, but he had to bring a blood sacrifice because he said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Hallelujah. If you're saved this morning, you've been blood washed. Hallelujah. By the crucified Son of God. And you ought to give Him praise not only in the house of the Lord, but every day that God lets you live, every time He lets you get out of the bed and walk across the floor, you ought to give Him praise and honor. John said, Behold the Lamb of God, the sacrifice which taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. John Give the announcement, one of the greatest announcements that's ever been given to the world, that you had, that he beheld the Son of God, the promised seed that was going to come into the world so that men and women could be restored back to what they lost with Adam and Eve. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Christ suffered for sin, the just for the unjust. You and I, are unjust. You might as well say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You was unjust. You was unfit for God. You was unfit to have fellowship with Him. But Jesus Christ stepped in the place. Hallelujah. He took that place that no one else could take. The Bible says that He suffered for the just, for the unjust that He might bring us to God who did no sin, neither neither was there guile found in His mouth. The Bible teaches us, though the sinless one dying for the sinful sinner, the master becoming the slave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But sometimes that don't excite the Christian world anymore. People wanted it in, in my early Christian life. There was people that tried to take out the out of the songbooks the sim the hymns which which had blood in them. They said they was they were sort of gawky looking. But I want to tell you, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. And we ought to thank God for the blood that He shed on Calvary for us, because He's the sinless one. He became sin for us. One died for all that all, because all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. You might be high in society today, but you've got to come to the cross just like me, or a beggar, or a pauper. 
Hallelujah, there's none high, none mighty. Every man has to bow down low before the God of heaven and of earth and the Son of Man that come to represent man to God to bring peace into their heart and into their life. Hallelujah, and bring them to the shore at the end where there would be deliverance. I'm going to have a, having a pretty hard time this morning. Because my ears has been stopped up for about three weeks, and my voice has been very crackly. The Bible teaches us, as Paul said, and he quoted, and says this. Well, as Paul tells us, and they asked Paul, Paul, do you mean that you glory in the cross? People today don't glory much in the cross. They give glory and honor to one another. Uphold one another and brag on one another more than they uphold God. And brag on God. Even in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. They talk about how great this one is or how great that one is. How much they can do, but they can't do nothing without God. And without the Son of God shedding His blood and becoming crucified for them. For all are going to die if they don't turn to Him. He was made a curse for you and me. He humbled Himself and became obedient. Unto, the, unto death, even the death of the cross. He endured the cross, the, the cross despising the shame. He hung there, stripped, bleeding from being whipped out, whipped outside the city, bearing stripes for the healing of your body and mine. And we don't even respect him enough before we go to a doctor to bow down and thank him. He's our healer. The doctors can do a lot. And God has blessed them. And I thank God for it. But before you go to a doctor, you ought to say, God, would you guide that doctor? Would you help that doctor to diagnose what's wrong with me? Because I don't have enough of faith. For you to heal me by your stripes. Oh, how far have we drifted from what the cross means to a dying world. And it's a dying world. You can put all your hope and your trust in this world if you are a mind to. But I'm telling you, you're going to lose out. You're going to leave this world. I don't care how much you own, what kind of position you have or have had or what you're looking for, what kind of home you live in. You're going to have to die and leave it to somebody else. But I'll tell you, Jesus, come that you don't have to die alone. I won't have to lay down and die alone. I might be somewhere in a forest down by myself 
physically, but I won't be without my, by myself spiritually. Hallelujah, cause my Messiah, my Lord and my God and my Savior, my Counselor, my God, my Mighty One is with me everywhere I go and everything I do. Hallelujah. He's there and He knows all about it. Question should be asked. Do you mean you glory in the death of Christ on the cross? It should be like Paul. Without question, he would be, he would say, but God forbid. God forbid, not the church. But God forbid that I should glory, saving in the cross. You can lift up man high as you want to lift him up. You can lift up people. You can lift up preachers. You can lift up musicians. You can lift up singers. But I'll tell you one, the one that needs to be lifted up above every man, that breeze on the earth, his name is Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, He's your Redeemer. He's your Maker. He's your Creator. He's your Lord. And He's going to be your Judge at the end of the journey. I'm not going to be judged by my wife. I'm not going to be judged by my parents. I'm not going to be judged by my full man. My fellow man, I'm going to be judged by the Son of God and by God Almighty. Hallelujah. And if I hadn't glorified Jesus Christ for His sacrifice, for making a sacrifice for me that no one else is able to make, no one else is pure enough, no one else is clean enough, hallelujah, He's the one. He's the Savior of my soul. Let us think, let us Move on. Let us consider the claim of the cross. Now most people, even if they accept the cross of Jesus coming, they don't want to accept the claim that the cross makes. The Bible teaches us He claims our submitting. Thank you, my brother. bless me. You see, we fail in this first claim. He claims our submitting our lives to Him. Now, you can't be a Christian and not submit your life to Christ. I can pat you on the back, tell you how goody-good you are, but if you don't submit your life to him, Brother Jimmy, you'll miss heaven. He claims our submitting, our lives, and accepting the effects of the cross 
that cleanses us from our sin. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We've got where we don't preach on the cross like we used to. As I pulled out this little outline, I looked over and I said, God, forgive me. I hadn't preached it enough in my life. Brothers and sisters, it used to be something that was talked about in just about every service. It was what we fed on. It's what we grew on. It's what the nourishment that we receive from people preaching about the submitting ourselves to God. We don't hear much about that anymore, about people submitting themselves to God. Surely we want them to be submitted to the church. But see, my religion and my salvation ought to be lived outside the church just like it's lived inside the church. I ought to let people know I'm born again, washed by the blood of the Lamb of God, submitting my life to Him to live or to die. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm out there to fight the devil, as one preacher said, tooth and toenail, until I pass over to the other side of life. I'm to commit myself to the servant that God wants me to commit to Him as long as I've got breath, as long as I'm able to open my mouth. Hallelujah. And say, God, I appreciate Your blessing. I appreciate Your mercy. I appreciate Your love. I appreciate Your understanding. I appreciate Your kindness to me. I appreciate You picking me up out of the horrible places of sin and putting my foot on a solid rock and giving me a, a name I, that I can have that's in the book of life that I'm going to live forever and never die. Because I've lived a hellish life. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby he must be saved. Nobody. Never has been. Never will be. It's Jesus all the way. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us if we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ, His, His Son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. People preach today a sinning religion. I'm not saying you're going to live perfect. I'm not saying you're not going to ever fail. But I'll tell you, if you get Jesus to wash you in His blood, You'll be so thankful that you'll endeavor. You'll do all that you can. Hallelujah. Not to embarrass Him. Hallelujah. Not degrade Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His blood is cleanses us from all our sin. If we confess our sins, He cleanses us from all sin. People tell me today, and I hear it preached on the TV, that you, if you are 
or, or have a bad habit, if you've got sin in your life, you need to have the Holy Ghost to help you. Surely you need the Holy Ghost to help you. But before He comes in, you got to have a clean house because He said He wouldn't dwell in an unclean vessel. Hallelujah! I'm here to tell you, you can't live in sin and the Holy Ghost abide in your life. Hallelujah! He won't live there. He's a gentleman. He won't force his way on you. People talk about they're still smoking and drinking and lying. But I'll tell you, he don't cleanse some of your sins. I know I smoked, I drank, I cursed, I lied. But when I, Jesus come into my life, he changed my life. Hallelujah. When you got saved, did the people where you worked or where you was associated with, could they tell a change had been made in you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got a real change, you probably didn't even have to open your mouth. Because there was something different about you. You've been, you've been to Calvary. If I confess my sin, he cleanses me from all sin. Unto him that loved us and washes, washed us from our sins. Oh my Lord, I haven't got started good and it's getting close to time. It claims our dedication to his eternal purposes. You can't be a part of the family of God if you don't. Put yourself in a place where you can work for God's eternal purposes for man. I see some people, they never do anything. You couldn't even get them to be an usher, a doorkeeper. But David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper <laughs> in the house of the Lord. You see, you've got to be... Uh, Giving yourself to something. You get changed when you get washed from your sins. The Bible tells us His death, His blood, is the only remedy for sin. You say, Preacher, i got sin in my life. You better do like Peter. You see, when the Lord looked on him, He went out and wept with bitter tears because he'd sinned. He denied the Lord. If you don't stand up for the Lord, the Lord's going to look at you. And if you don't repent before you stand before Him, He's going to deny you. Amen. You, you see, in our day, and we're living today, the church world has changed so drastically. We can't worship when they preach. We can lift our hands a little bit when they sing or play. We can laugh and cut up and carry on with one another. But we can't really worship God when the Word of God is being preached. We don't want to support it. He's too hard or she's too, too strict. 
But the Bible says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly be? Where will they dwell? You see, people this morning, you better not change like the world's changing because the world's changing faster than you and I can keep up with the changes that are being made. The world is headed for destruction and it's coming faster than a locomotive coming down the railroad track. And you better not change with it. Oh my, help me, my Father. The Bible teaches us He claims our dedication. Paul testified for God. Go back to our text. God forbid that I should glory saving in the cross. He could have gloried in a lot of things. A lot of people do today. They glory in their knowledge. They glory in their looks. They glory in their education. They glory in their jobs. They glory in their family. It's a good thing to have a good family. Don't misunderstand me. One of the best things could happen to you from the human side. Paul could have gloried in education, in legalism, in religion, in educational training, but for him to live was Christ and him crucified. Are you crucified? Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live. I live to the glory of God. Can the church world, Brother Jimmy, say that today? Can you as an individual say that today, that I'm dedicated to God more than I'm dedicated to the television? Do I spend more time with God than I do with the telephone? You see people walking down the street and they can't hardly tell where they're going. they got their tick-tacking on that telephone. Oh, my. But listen, how much time do you spend with God? If you spend more time on that television, with that television or with that radio or with that phone, gossiping on it, then you spend talking to the Lord. You say, preacher, I can't spend that much time with Him. Hallelujah, I can spend all day long with Him and work at the same time. Hallelujah. You can too. You gotta be obedient unto God and you gotta be dedicated to Him. If you're not dedicated to Him, you're dedicating to yourself. Or to the works of the world and the things of the world and of the devil that are sneaking into people's home and into their lives and into the church house. I know people don't like the way I preach, but it doesn't bother me one iota. I know I'm born again, called to preach, read the book over and over. I know what's in it. And he says, you gotta be born again. You gotta be washed. You gotta be made whole. You gotta dedicate yourself to God. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you're not dedicated to God, you're dedicated to self. He tells you to come out of the well and be ye separate, saith God. You can't be like them. You can't talk like them. You can't joke like them. You can't tell short lies like them. Because he said, all liars. Not some of them. All liars are going to hell. Listen, friend. God wants you and me. We're the bride of Christ. Do you think that when you were engaged that your fiancé that she wanted you or you wanted her fooling with anybody else in a wrong way? Neither does the Lord God. He's a jealous God. And He wants us to walk with Him and talk with Him. Christ made peace for me and you. You and I that was alienated and cut off from God. He made peace through the blood of the cross. By Him to reconciliate all things unto Himself. For when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. The Bible says an offering was made by Him for you and me. The Bible states that He might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Listen, my friend. Our concern must be for us to be reconciled to God. Now I've got to hurry and I'm going to have to skip. Because I need to close in 30 or 40 minutes anyway. Listen, are you doing anything for Christ? Paul says again, we are ambassadors for Christ. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Paul, Paul gloried in the cross because of the effects that it took on his life in reconciling the lost men to God. The cross claims total commitment of our lives and a loyal sacrifice to God. Do you ever sacrifice anything for God? You sacrifice any of your time? Paul said again in Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. People today don't care how they go, how they look, how they dress. It's a shame to see some in the house of God with shorts on, men and women. Amen. Amen, whether you believe it or not. I don't believe the Lord's pleased with it. He tells us we're to be properly dressed. The Bible also says, He that abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Talking about Christ. You're not here to pattern your life after me. 
You're not here to pattern your life after Brother Vaughn. Amen. You're to walk as Christ walked. I'm not to walk like Brother Vaughn walks. He's not to walk like I walk unless I walk for God. And you see, he's just like me. He's got faults. He's got failures. I'm to walk like Christ. He's my high tower. Hallelujah. He's my rose of Sharon. He's my lily of the valley. He's my bright and morning star. He's forever my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible also says, Ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. You ever suffer for Him? Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I you live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life that I now live. I live to the glory of God. Oh, you see, too many people still have the old man. And all of us are starting to lean. The Bible tells us in Romans, the old man is crucified with him. I got rid of the old, Henry. When I got born again, there have been some failures along the way and some faults. And I've had to do like Peter, fall on my face and weep before God and say, My Father, forgive me for sinning against you and your Son and trampling the precious blood of the Lamb of God under my feet, <laughs> taking back up the old life. Oh, God, help me. I've ever felt like I needed to preach. In my last days, I feel like it. Not be afraid of men and women's face. Not be afraid of what they think. But worry about what God is pleased with. Tell men and women what's right. What's wrong. You say, preacher, you're not to judge me. If I preach from that book of God, I'm not judging you. God Almighty is judging you. All I'm doing is telling you what it says for you to do and how you're to live and what you're to do to glorify God. If you don't glorify God, you are of, you are of no service unto God. Lord, help me. Paul declares, I want to know Christ in the fellowship of His suffering. I wanted to spend some time there, but I'm out getting out of time. Hallelujah. How many of you want to have fellowship with Him in His suffering? 
How many of you want to suffer the things of God to be so? Most of us are more worried about what people think than what God thinks. Oh, God. Men and women are dying and going out, going out to meet God in churches. Not just Baptist churches or Methodist churches, but in Pentecostal churches. And preachers won't tell them the truth. If you're going to stay free, you've got to have the truth because the truth makes you free. Without the truth, you'll die and wither and fall by the wayside and dry up. Won't have no praise in your heart. Won't have no glory in your soul. Won't have no peace of mind when you lay your pillar, lay your head on a dying pillar and about to leave this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me go on. i got to close. We're to labor together with God. Christ told the seven churches, I know thy works. Many of them had to repent. It's no different today. Many of the churches as a whole, not just a few, need to repent. Us preachers included, your deacons included. God help us. We're to waver. He said, I must work. Jesus said this himself. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it's yet day, the night's coming when no man can work. When are you going to work for him? When are you going to witness for him? When are you going to tell your children about him? When are you going to tell them that they're wrong and that they're doing? Instead, Christian people are bringing their children into their home unmarried and unwedded and they're sleeping in their houses. What a hypocrite. I don't know when I preached much harder than I'm preaching this morning. That's why I never preached too much or as much as I should have on this text. If I had it to go over, I'd preach on it a lot more than I ever preached it. We are challenged and commissioned to witness. He told his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel so that they can repent. But we'd rather see a full house than to see people coming to the Lord. I've never seen in my life and in my own ministry more or less people being saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost than I see today. 
when I was a boy coming up, if they didn't have somebody saved or re-saved, pretty often they called a fast. But now we can go for weeks and months and years and nobody getting born again and nobody as a Christian coming and burying their face on an altar and asking God what's wrong. There's nothing wrong with God, sister. It's me and you and others that the fault's in. You say you're too strict. Nobody don't want to live like that. Well, they don't want to live with God in heaven. He's a strict God. He's a jealous God. He loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. And He didn't send Him to die for you for you to live half-handedly. You're either committed to Him or you're committed to self. And satisfying the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. Preacher, don't talk to me like that. That's the only way. He loves you. But He's got a restriction for you. He's put a challenge out there for you. He's jealous over you. He wants you to be pure. He wants you to be clean. He wants you to be undefiled. What will it be at the end? My, my, I'm going to close. I've butchered this enough. But listen here this morning. If you're not where you ought to be with God, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come and pray. I'll be glad to pray with you. But you've got to pray yourself. I like for the preacher to pray with me, but I'd rather pray by myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, brother, I've had them to disturb me sometime when I was in connection to another world. Sometime when the preacher comes to pray for you, he ought to be on the altar praying for himself. Could you say amen? Would you like to come and pray? Are you too hungry? Or does your soul not mean enough to you for you to come to an altar and ask God to forgive you for your careless living? Because you're living in a mixed up troubled world. That people are getting so far out I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime when they're murdering children. Amen. When they're wanting to turn people out of prison that's committed murder and rape women, it's going to come into law in some of our children's lifetime if the Lord don't come. And if the church don't get on the altar and pray, would you like to pray? Are you too hungry? Are you too much wrapped up in yourself?
that you can't come and give the Lord 10 or 15 minutes of your time. If you are, God help you. God help you. Would you like to come? The altar's open. I know it's past time, but with God, there's no time. Would you like to come if you're lost? He'll save you. If you're careless in your living, 